Good morning. Day 102 of uh, Revival Talks. Probably stop at day 900. I don't know. We're trying to see here. Um, all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be short and sweet this morning, I think. Um, essentially, I felt like the Lord said on the way in this morning that this, this, this is an appointed time and that the appointed time has come. And I was thinking about two things, about the man at the pool of Bethesda. I love that passage. It's absolutely one of my favorites. You know, and I always think of it in a couple different ways. You know, the man at the pool of Bethesda, he doesn't seem to have a very faithful response when he when Jesus asked him, you know, knowing that he'd been in that condition for 38 years, do you want to get well? He says, well, I don't have anybody to put me into the pool, you know, yada, yada. Every time somebody goes in front of me, you know, you can see and feel kind of his orphan mentality, which makes a lot of sense given the fact that, um, I mean, how many years had he watched everybody else go ahead of them and have their time? Their time was a now time when they got on the water. You know, their time was a now time when they got healed. How many times had he tried to make it? How disillusioned had he become, like many of us, you know? In the, the long, protracted seasons of waiting, we find ourselves a lot like that man at the Pool of Bethesda, where, you know, through the course of having being taken out by the enemy and seasons of our life, you know, coming up to our place of convergence and stepping into the thing that we were created for, you know, in that long journey for many of us, which I think there's some good news. The long journey and the long preparation is going to yield a storm of suddenlies and explosions in the spirit. There's a tipping point in heaven. And I believe it's going to come like falling back down on our head. And part of what God is going to do with redeemed time is it's going to be deeper, richer, broader than anything we could have ever imagined. It'll be a time of fulfillment. And so that's part of how he redeems time. Um, we don't get a year for a year. We get something that is far beyond. And so it keeps us in the place of always having to trust that God is good and that what he has is actually exceedingly abundantly beyond all we could think or imagine. So he's not going to just give you the very thing you're asking for. He's going to give you so much more. And he's also giving us the thing that's in our heart that we haven't even been able to articulate yet. And so with our man at the pool, of Bethesda, you know, his response, like I said, reflected his kind of orphanhood, right? And he rightly articulated, you know, his disappointment. But here's the other part of that one. And I thought about it a little bit differently this way, today rather. You know, even though his response was one that would be a typical orphaned response, you know, I, I'm a victim. I don't have anybody that can help me. I'm here all the time by myself. I've watched everybody get their breakthrough but me. I've sat here for years. I've watched everybody who had a calling and anointing on their life bypass me and go ahead of me, right? Some of us have felt that way as you've watched others go ahead of you. And this season of the least of these being exalted and being brought to the front of the line where those who have been at the back are coming to the front, it's going to radically change the landscape. And so some of us who... Many people have written off, or there's people that we've written off. Um, there's people who have been sidelined for years, and they're going to come out of hiding and out of obscurity and onto the platform overnight. And that's 
because the, they have been in that long season of fire and testing. So nothing has been wasted during that time. Nothing at all. It has not all been for naught. Okay, it hasn't been for nothing. It's actually all been part of what is being prepared in the soil, the landscape of my heart, so that we can embrace the unscripted life and landscape of, of the kingdom that's in front of us. But when I thought about that man at the pool today, you know, everybody, we always like to think sometimes, I know I used to, that Jesus kind of just did things randomly. Well, he didn't. How many times had he been by that man at that pool before? It wasn't his first time to that pool. It wasn't the first time that he'd walked by and been near there. It, it, it's not like he couldn't have gone any other day. But he always was in a relationship with, with the father where he says, I only do what I see my father doing. And so there, in, there is an appointed time. And when Jesus showed up that day for that man who had been in that condition for 38 years, that was his appointed day. That was his Kairos moment. He was having it right then. And what I saw this time too was that to the naked eye, he would have looked like somebody who was all washed up, who had no hope, who was just a victim, who had been hurt too many times and was never going to emerge past. I mean, how many times have people looked at us the same way as if we would never have emerged from Egypt or that God would have never pulled Egypt out of our heart? Part of what this season has been about is he's been delivering us from ourselves. He's been healing us from the hell of self and the bondages and the things that are of the Egypt in us so that we can walk into this season of great fulfillment and this tsunami wave of revival as ones who have been tested and tried and not found wanting. It doesn't matter how many mistakes were made along the way. Jesus has never been afraid of, of what's inside of you or what's inside of me. He has not been afraid of the many times that we've fallen face, fir face first into the dirt. He's not been put off by the times we've gone around that mountain and failed to cross the threshold. He has always been faithful and he has used and is using. He didn't bring the storm, but he uses the storm of calamity and the trials of fire that we go through to weave into us something eternal that no man can take away, nothing can shake. So that when we came into this place for such a time as this, we were forever fire tested and ready. And it's not that we won't make other mistakes. It's not that we're going to feel credentialed or like we're ready. We're, gonna, we're not going to feel ready for most of what God does. So get ready to not feel ready. We're not going to be ready for it. He's going to do things so fast your head will spin and you're not going to be ready for it. But what you are ready for and what I'm ready for is my faith and the crucified and resurrected one who knows who I am, who has been part of my story before I was born or conceived on a planet in every part of our destiny has been in him all along. And he, the mandate of heaven that is on us at this juncture for this era of, of and season and time is heavy. 
and he will, like we said yesterday, he is not teasing us. This is a real birth and this is a now moment. And so what I felt like the Lord said on the way in was the appointed time is now. We are in that Kairos moment right now. So no matter what the war looks like around you, just don't look at it. Unseen real is more real than what you're looking at. So don't look at that. Look up, look into heaven, find that place in the Holy Spirit in heaven. Change the atmosphere, pray in the spirit, do what you have to do. But when we tap into the very thing Holy Ghost is doing, when we tap into that higher place, that thing that he's actually wanting to establish and bring to earth, because we have pressed into him and we've looked to him as our source, we want to be led by revelation and not by a plan that we can make or contrive. Revelation is the key to the season. Revelation is how we move. It's how we have our being. We, are, we have revelation of what God's doing. The day that Jesus walked in with that man at the pool of Bethesda, that was revelatory for him. He had been there a million times before, but that was his appointed day. And so here's what I think Jesus did as well. And Isaiah, I believe, talks about a smoldering wick I won't snuff out and a bruised reed I'm not going to break. That man was, in every account, a smoldering wick and a bruised reed. And his response indicated that the place that he was at in his heart. It was a true response. I don't have anybody to put me in. I've watched everybody get their breakthrough and I've sat here and had to be, be in this place crippled by myself. Jesus is looking past the smoldering wick and the bruised reed, and he is connecting with the faith and the desire that is inside of you and me. He is looking past the outer and going for the inner. He's looking past your presentation. You're presenting this problem to him, and you're, pre you're presenting the impossibility to him. I don't know how this happens, God. I don't know how this is ever going to happen, God. And you, and you feel, don't let the enemy tell you that you are just doubt and unbelief, and you're double-minded because you actually have an emotion. It's totally, God gets it. He's looking past, up many times, our presentation of what we're saying in our mouth. Do we have to change our language? Yes. Do, should we be declaring that which is true? Yes. Should I declare it even if my heart doesn't believe it yet? Yes. Because your spirit comes to the front and everything else is going to line up behind. So yes. But what goes on in the emotional life and when you wrestle with what's going on and we experience the breadth of our humanity and we feel like we're in this place of doubt, look, it's a mustard seed. It's a mustard seed. Holy Spirit and I cannot be one and me be devoid of faith. It's his faith rising up inside of me. So because we're one, we're there. And it's a mustard seed. Don't listen to the accusation of the enemy that says you're not getting what you need because you don't got enough faith. Hog wash mustard seeds. They're really small. Jesus looked past the burning wick, the smoldering wick and the bruised reed. And he saw the flicker of life and faith inside of that man. The part of him that still held out hope 
that still believed God, even though he was so disillusioned, that still know, knew that God was the God of the universe and the God of the impossible, even though he had been contending from disappointment for many years. Like many of us, he sees who you really are, and that's what he calls forth. And the way he looks at you is always righteous, always faithful, always loved, always holy. His view of us is so radically different. So Jesus, I just ask that you'd give us a glimpse of your view of us. Here's the end of this one. Because I felt like I said, this is an appointed time. So Ecclesiastes 3. For everything that happens in life, there's a season a right time for everything under heaven. You're in it right now. (laughs) A time to be born. He said, when you read this, I want you to look at, um, these are basically antithetical statements. You're not looking at the death side. You're looking at the life side. Ready? A time to be born. A time to die. We're not dying. We're birthing. A time to plant. A time to collect harvest. It is harvest time. A time to kill. A time to heal. We're healing. A time to tear down and a time to build up. We're building and we're tearing down, tearing down the altars to Baal, to religion, to every other sacred cow. A time to cry, a time to laugh. This is going to be a time of great joy. A time to mourn, a time to dance. (laughs) We're not mourning. Winter is over. We are not wearing mourning clothes. We are shedding mourning clothes and we are putting on our spring our spring outfits were like walking into this in a totally different place. This, my friends, is a party till the end, a Holy Ghost party that only burns brighter regardless of what goes on around us. The darker it gets, there's nothing so dark that light won't penetrate it. The darker it gets, the brighter we will burn and the more fantastic and unusual will the signs, wonders, and miracles be. A time to scatter stones, a time to pile them up. A time for a warm embrace, a time for keeping your distance. This is a warm embrace time, reconciling all things. He's reconciling our relationships. He's restoring relationship. A time to a time to search, a time to give up as lost, a time to keep, a time to throw out. We are throwing some things out. It's called religion. A time to tear apart, a time to bind together, a time to be quiet, a time to speak up. This is the time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time to go to war, and a time to make peace. Later in that passage, he says, I know God has made everything beautiful for its time. God has also placed in our minds a sense of eternity. We look back on the past and ponder over the future, yet we can't understand the doings of God. Who's living there? I don't get it all but I don't have to. He's liberated us to not have to get it all. He's liberated us to live unscripted, unplanned lives where he is the one that we cling to and not the outcome that we want just so that we can feel secure. He has liberated us to love. He's liberated us to embrace and to cling to him and to cling to truth and not what we see. He's liberated us to cling to unseen real, which is where which is reality. And he's liberated us to live in the realm of the always and possible where we behold 
the awe and wonder of God. And we are manifesting what we are beholding. He says, um, I know everything God does endures for all time. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away from it. We humans can only stand in awe of God, all that God has done. Look, I like the last part. No one could take anything away from us. We are not contending from defeat. We are contending from victory. The victory has been laid out for this appointed time. We are in it for such a time as this. This is our clarion call and kairos moment. This is our resurrection and our manifestation as sons and daughters of God. We walk as living habitations of Holy Spirit, and we walk as ones who know who we are, as ones who are fused together with him. We live and we move and we have our being in him. We live by every word that proceeds from his mouth in what is written and the rhema word that comes by his spirit. We live by revelation and not a plan. We live through intercession and not begging God and not whatever. We intercede, we pull down what is already in heaven. We live in the freedom of, of, of being able to walk in the unfamiliar as our new normal and for us to be anchored and be okay. We are safe. We are in him. We cannot be in him and be unsafe. He's got us. The mandate is heavier than our desire to fulfill it. And the grace that is multiplied, multiplied grace in the context of revival is literally pushing us forward in a way that we will not miss it. You will not sidestep it. You won't get, this isn't a season for us to Worry about whether we're going to miss it because he's moving heaven and earth right now to bring each of us into the place of destiny, calling, and fulfilling the purpose and mandate that is of heaven and that is on our life. We are mantled for the mandate for such a time as this. This is the appointed time. All right. Blessings. <laughs> like it. Share it. Love to hear your feedback.